Two on one, a fantasy football podcast with your host Stephen Bautista. Actually, I think uh, I buzzsaw myself. I think I, <laughs> I, I buzzsaw both my legs off. That's what I get for talking so much shit, man. No possible. <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Steven Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everybody's best friend, Dominic Rickard. So we're recording this podcast on Tuesday night. We'll definitely be talking about the trades that took place today. But first, let's do a quick recap of some of the biggest highlights of Week 8. NFL Quick Hits Let's start in the land of the stars, Los Angeles, where the star players were out on full display. The Rams were playing what seemed to be 80% cheesehead crowd. The Rams' offense was not sharp on the day, but still managed to score just enough to edge out the Packers 29-27. Aaron Rodgers was denied a Hollywood ending when Ty Montgomery decided to go rogue and didn't take a knee on the ensuing kickoff after the Rams took the lead. This game also had huge Vegas implications when Todd Gurley decided not to score on the last play of the game, allowing the Green Bay Packers to cover. My pocketbook thanks you, Todd. We also had another Fitz Magic experience. Jameis Winston was benched on Sunday for throwing four interceptions, and not the type of interceptions that are deflected and it's just rotten luck. He was throwing right to open defenders. Fitzmagic was able to erase an 18-point deficit and tie the game at 34-all, but ultimately fell short when Randy Bullock of the Bengals kicked a game-winning field goal. On the injury front this week, we lost a dynamic receiver. Houston Texans' Will Fuller was lost for the season to a torn ACL, and also Big Ben suffered a fractured left index finger. Uh, they're saying it shouldn't affect his play, but as a player that handles the ball on every play, it's a bit concerning for owners. Now, moving on to the trades. Dominic, let me give you a quick rundown of the trades that happened today and give us your thoughts on one trade that affects fantasy the most. Golden Tate to the Eagles, Demarius Thomas to the Texans, Ty Montgomery to the Ravens, Dante Fowler to the Rams, and Ha Clinton Dix to the Redskins, and you can also throw in Amari Cooper to the Cowboys that happened last week. If I had to pick one, I'd have to say Golden Tate to the Eagles, just because what the Eagles did last year before the trade deadline and they got Ajayi and then they won the Super Bowl. I feel like getting Golden Tate in there gives them that, you know, that extra receiver. Uh, they have Alshon Jeffrey to score the touchdowns, but now they have Golden Tate to stretch the defense out and also be kind of a slot receiver for them. So I, that would be my number one, but the most interesting one to me definitely would be DT to the Texans. He's not the same type of receiver as Will Fuller is. He's not going to stretch the defense out. And then, you know, you have Nook coming underneath. He's more of a possession receiver. So that one's the most interesting to me, obviously, because I have Watson as well. So it's going to be fun to watch that one play out. But I would have to say Golden Tate to the Eagles. What about you, Tommy? What's your number one? I'd have to say my number one. Yeah, it's probably Golden Tate to the Eagles. I mean, I think it kind of helps shore up their receiving core. And this is uh, a move they need to make to to continue their push to the playoffs and, and hopefully try to as close to repeating as they did last year. 
but I am actually really excited and interested to see how Amari Cooper does at the Cowboys. I think being on the Raiders for so long, it was definitely interesting to see him progress and see his really good games and see his potential and how, how he could do, um, in the right situation. So we'll see if, you know, this is that type of situation for the Cowboys and see if it's actually going to, uh, amount to anything because out of all these players, uh, that got, uh, traded today, the, you know, the Cowboys definitely gave the most to get Amari. Yeah. It's funny. I saw something on Twitter saying that like the Patriots got Gordon for a fifth round, uh, Demarius Thomas for like a fourth round pick. And then the Cowboys gave a first round pick to, um, uh, for, to the Raiders for Amari Cooper. So everyone's kind of saying that the Raiders maybe got one on uh, the Cowboys this, uh, last week. Uh, Steve, to circle back, um, first of all, I didn't think the Rams had any more money left, but do you think signing Dante Fowler, I mean, proves that they're going for broke and they're trying to win a Super Bowl? I think 100%. I think I spoke to somebody about this today, and I said it's uh, Super Bowl or bust for the Rams. They are going all in. Um, Dante Fowler Jr. is still on a rookie contract, so obviously that's why he, they were able to absorb his contract for the rest of the year. But I can't see them re-signing a lot of these players next year. So I think, I mean, honestly, I think they do have a great chance to, to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And I think their defense needs to be just a little bit better because um, their offense, we know, is outstanding. So if their defense can be a little bit better, they're going to have a really good shot this year. I just don't know how these guys have another first-round pick on their defensive line. Like, don't other teams realize they're giving these guys first round picks? I know we get into this with fantasy sometimes. Like, why do you keep trading play good players to him? Like, make his team better. But like, everyone just keeps giving them their first round picks. And like, this defensive line is ridiculous. And it already was like super good. Yeah. I know. I think it's like a four, uh, four first round picks on the, uh, on the defensive line. That's insane, man. And then Dominic, going back to your golden take, uh, uh, excuse me, golden Tate analysis. I think that that's really also going to help uh, Ertz a lot because Golden Tate's normally like in the, a slot receiver kind of roaming in the 10-yard range area. So now the safeties are going to have to probably drop a little bit um, to help out for Golden Tate, and it's going to open up Ertz uh, maybe a, a little bit more just going one-on-one with safety. So um, they're definitely not as a good of a team running the ball, and they're going to be more pass-heavy. So I think Carson Wentz, Wentz gets a boost in fantasy, and I also think uh, Ertz and Tate are going to do pretty well. All right, guys, let's move on to our popular news segment. Whoa, check out this poll. Whoa, check out this poll, man. All right, so uh, my poll question this week, it was a short week, so I got with I got a 95% participation rate. Uh, Vince still on island time, but not trying to call you out, Vince, but the only one I didn't get an answer back from. Uh, so my question was, how many teams, fantasy teams, do you have? Uh, and then my second question was, what's your main league? That one was kind of a... A funny question because everyone answered our league, obviously, because we have a podcast and they don't want to be ousted on the podcast. But the last one is when you have a guy on your team and you're facing him in another league, what's your strategy? And so to start off, or I guess to round out the data, there was four guys with one team, Aaron, Fosberg, Steve, Art, and Tommy. Uh, Tommy is in quotes because he kind of has uh, some other fantasy, like he has the uh, Vampire League with Matthew Berry. And then he also does... Uh, Daily fantasy, but I, I want to end the segment with that. Then uh, two teams. Aaron Rapoli is the only one with two teams, and he said uh, it was a stupid question to ask. Uh, what's his main league? And then uh, Jeff and myself have three teams. Myself, I have my work league, and then my cousins league. But obviously, I only care about this league. And the the question that came up or made me think of this question was: I was going against Steve, who had T. Y. Hilton, and then in my cousins league, I had T. Y. Hilton. And I needed him to score about 14 points to get me that win. I lost by six points, but he underperformed. He only got four points this week. 
And I, I was happy, but really I could have used them to, Steve could have had him get 14 points and I would still would have won. So it's that weird situation that always comes up. And then John has four teams. He always wants the uh, Super Friends League uh, to do the best. And then same with Matt. He has four teams and he has the same same response. So going back to daily fantasy, uh, I think both you and Tommy play that. Does that help fill in the gap of only having one team and, and getting that itch uh, scratched and you get to have a new team every week, Steve? Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, obviously, I have a lot more invested uh, in our league because we have so many good friends and we talk so much trash on each other. But um, yeah, I definitely get uh, a little bit of the itch uh, scratched uh, with DFS. Um, also, my wife's in another league and a family league, and I kind of help her out sometimes. So that helps me a little bit. But to what your point, Dom, I just don't like having two teams and then rooting for two people against each other, even though I know it has no relevance and it's not going to matter in the end. But just to be rooting for, you know, one guy to do bad and good, it's kind of difficult. So that's why I decided a long time ago, just stick to one league and and that's it. What about you, Tommy? Yeah, and you know, I, I, I do DFS also, like Steve, to scratch itch a little bit. But to be honest, just to like switch it up and do different stuff, you know, with like Dominic said, this is my only league. I wanted to cut everything else out, make this my most important league, focus only on this league as much as possible, and then do other things just to try to you know, add some variety and spice it up a little bit. So yeah, DFS is fun because you try to, you have free reign to pick whoever you want as long as it fits. And I actually try to not pick my own team except for a couple of players. And then, yeah, so that's, you know, add some variety. And, and, and at work, actually, I forgot about this one. I was texting Dominic to answer the poll, uh, is I have a pick em league through work that I, that is like my whole work league and it's actually pretty cool because it pays out like $150 a week to the winner. So there's a lot of money involved in it. The, uh, the vampire league I got into by chance was, is, is pretty fun. Um, it's definitely a really interesting concept and format. It's, it's the strategy is completely different, but to be honest with you, you only really care about it the weeks that you play the vampire. I'm actually playing him again this week in week nine. So I'm, Curious to see, uh, how his team's going to be. He got another one, a win last week. So he'll be adding another player to his team. Um, but the guy he played was kind of a bitch, in my opinion. And, and he sat, he sat Todd Gurley and, uh, another one of his really good players. I think Juju. Um, so, you know, he wasn't really playing for the win like we talked about in week five, but this is definitely the most important league to me, obviously being the commissioner of it, but it's fun to just mix it up with the other leagues. Yeah. I think, um, I think we all realize that Tuesdays and Wednesdays are the worst part of the week because we're such fantasy nuts. And I, I know the NFL players hate, you know, playing on Thursdays, but I'm so happy for that Thursday game because it, you know, breaks the week up from Monday night to, to Sunday. And if they could figure out how to get a game Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, <laughs> I, I would be happy. So sorry for the players, but that just wraps up my segment. Um, it sounds like everyone's you know, pretty into our leagues, which is, which is awesome. And, uh, thanks for all the response back to the polls guys. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why we do our podcast too, is to get something to do on those Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. Uh, pretty much, man. I, I know our wife don't appreciate it, but Hey, <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> all right, guys, let's move on to fantasy football talk. <laughs> all right, let's start off with fantasy studs. Hey stud. My two studs of the week. Uh, first one is Derek Carr. He had 244 passing yards, three touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. I also had Sammy Watkins, uh, eight receptions on nine targets, 107 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. 
Uh, Tommy, you're a big Raider fan just like I am and, and as well as Dom. Um, I got a question for you, man. Am I crazy ranking Derek Carr as a low-end QB1 this week against the 49ers? I mean, we do have six teams on, on bye week this week. What do you think? I mean, I don't think it's crazy, especially with how the, the matchup and how bad the 49ers are. But I guess my only hesitation with Derek Carr, and he did have a great game last week, and we really saw him play up to that like fiery potential that he has, you know, where he really takes charge of the team. But one thing I noticed from the game and heard from another podcast was that a lot of his yards actually came from shorter passes where the guys broke it, kind of like that Jared Cook touchdown. So there's still a lot of underneath passes. He still isn't going right. deep. But as he was taking care of the ball and got touchdowns, and like I said, he's kind of playing with that old school swagger that he had. And I think, you know, now the team's actually moving forward with with this is the new 2018 Raiders, you know, and definitely still planning for the future. But, you know, I think they kind of got some of that drama like out of the way. And, and, you know, now we're starting to see the team a little bit, you know, kind of come together. But, you know, with the Battle of the Bay this weekend, they better win it. Tommy, you saying short passes going for long yards that just pops in my mind, Rich Gannon and uh, yeah. you know, Gruden, Gruden's old offense. Yep. yep. That's how Gruden likes to do it. Yeah, that was like yeah, a vintage 2016 Derek Carr right there. He had some fire passion. Uh, one of the touchdown throws, I think I tweeted it right away. I was like, man, now that's a Derek Carr I know and yeah. love. And uh, he was just efficient, you know, really efficient. That's what it's going to take. Well, and I think uh, all that talk of like, you know, this fractured relationship, you know, with the team because he looked like he was crying, like that's total BS, you know, and you saw it with the players, they were totally, you know, rallied behind him, uh, all celebrating together. It was really great to see. What do you got for studs this week, Tommy? Well, you took one of mine, you know, with Sammy Watkins, um, but I, I, I only bring it up because I definitely was hating on Sammy Watkins last week and need to give him his props where they're due. Um, because he definitely should, you know, proved me wrong. And, and that was a great performance by him. But my fancy uh, stud for this week is Adrian Peterson with 25 points off of 26 rushes for 149 yards, a touchdown plus a seven yard reception for another touchdown. It was just great to see AP doing his thing, showing everyone up. Uh, I think every single fo- uh, fancy football analyst that I saw on Twitter definitely was writing him off and it's good to see this resurgence. You know, we, I think we talked about it really early in the season, just him being an older guy. It's, you know, we, we kind of all root for him, but I know I'm personally excited about, about his performance, you know, just because I traded for him and Dom, I'll, I'll definitely take that cookie if you have it. Yeah. So my stud of the week is uh Marlon Mack. He similar stats to AP 25 rushes, 132 yards, two rushing TDs and one reception for 17 yards. Uh, he had 28 fantasy points this week and 31 fantasy points last week. So let's not go crazy because it was against the Bills and the Raiders. But, I mean, he is trending up and it's glad to see him healthy and back. Um, I'll roll right into my dud. <laughs> you got the dud! Oddly enough, I already talked about him and it's another Colt. I didn't even watch that game, but it sounds like I did. Uh, my dud is T.Y. Hilton this week. You'd think against the Raiders he would have a field day but he only had one reception for 34 yards for four total fantasy points in our league. And like I said, I needed him to get about 15 in my other league. Who, who do you got for a dud, Tommy? Two duds this week. One definitely had a big effect on, on the fantasy game. It was Drew Brees with only 10 points coming off of only 120 yards for one touchdown, one interception. Luckily, 86 of those yards went to Michael Thomas, so I'll, I'll definitely take that as a Michael got Thomas on that one. <laughs> oh, super lucky. But it was just really weird because I didn't, it didn't seem like Drew Brees was playing a bad game. Uh, you know, I, 
at one point they had three quarterbacks on the field, you know, with Taysom Hill and uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And, and I get what Sean Payton's doing, you know, cause definitely it's like, who's going to get the ball and it's definitely mixing it up. And, you know, none of these guys care about fantasy, you know, it's just like, like Todd Gurley, you know, not running into the end zone. Like he doesn't care. He's trying to win the game. And, and I get that's what Payton's doing, but. But it's insanely low production from a quarterback that's been having such a good season so far. Um, and then my other one real quick is just David Njoku. Zero points, zero targets, zero catches, zero yards. Zero production. Zero, it was that's insane. You know, like, shocking. Yeah, that, that was, was insane. Average. He's averaging 10 targets a game. That's shocking. I think on one of the websites I saw, it said uh, Njoku, uh, just like zero production. It was just like <laughs> funny, like nothing. It just said nothing. Like, nothing. <laughs> and, and, and all in caps too. So I think he was mad. You know, so I'm glad that one didn't like, you know, really affect my game and, and my matchup, but surprising. I yeah. think that's the best feeling in fantasy when you survive a, a guy getting injured early or a, a zero production and you still pull out at the win. I think that's one of the best feelings in fantasy. Yeah, I got two duds this week too. Um, I got two receivers. The first one is Doug Baldwin. He's been on this list before. Um, so it's not shocking that he's on here again, but uh, he only had two receptions, uh, for 26 yards on three targets. And then also a surprising one was Kenny Galladay, one reception for 12 yards on one target. Um, so now, you know, we, we heard today, obviously, that uh, Golden Tate was traded to the Eagles. Uh, Dominic, what do you think that does for Galladay's production? Because uh, one target in a whole game, that's that's not going to cut it, man. No, I definitely think he's going to be the clear cut number two, the guy who's stretching the, the defense. Uh, and then circle back to Doug Baldwin. The crazy thing is I think Russell Wilson had four or five touchdown passes. So it's not like he wasn't throwing the ball and they were just running the ball like usual. So I have Doug Baldwin. You traded him to me. And, man, I'm really, really starting to get worried about Doug Baldwin producing. But I'm hoping Russell Wilson comes on late like he does, and so does Doug Baldwin. Got to be some, like, touchdown uh, – what do they call it? A progression on this guy because, you know, coming into the year, I think he was, like, the second behind AB on, on touchdown receptions. And, like, you know, I just, he's having a terrible year this year. I don't get it. It's almost like they're not even targeting him. Well, clearly they're not three targets, but I, yeah, I, I think I think it's a timing thing and a practice thing. He doesn't practice during the week. He didn't. He wasn't there preseason, so it's all going to come along. Hopefully, all right, guys. Now, give me a couple players that uh, are waiver wire pickups for you. I got one. Shocking enough, Steve already picked him up, but uh, Cortland Sutton, the number two receiver in Denver, free nuggets. He uh, already looked like a borderline number one, definitely over DT number two. And now a DT out of the way, he's going to get a lot of red zone targets. Interesting that Steve has Sutton and Sanders. And so I don't think you're going to start both Broncos receivers because they have Case Keenum throwing the ball. But uh, I think maybe you some trade bait and you just like to get the guys before other people do because you, you like the strategy. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, I like to get the guys. Hopefully I can maybe pull off a trade with somebody. Um, but it would have to be a really good matchup for me to want to start both of them. Um, but like you said, I do like Sun's uh, potential in the red zone. Big target. You know, I think he's going to get a lot of maybe a couple of fades or just a, l- a little bit more targets than uh, than Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, my players to pick up this week, uh, I know it's been kind of barren this year on the tight end side. So uh, Jack Doyle for the Colts. Free nuggets. He's Andrew uh, Luck's favorite target when it comes to tight end. So I think that's a great pickup for somebody that needs a tight end. And also Devontae Parker. He had a great game on Thursday night against the Houston Texans. Uh, we've talked about him a little bit last week about how he has so much talent, but he just, you know, we, we kind of nailed it. Like, you know, he has all the talent in the world, but sometimes it doesn't seem like he cares that much. Well, he cared on Thursday night. He looked awesome. So if you, you guys need a receiver with so many people on buys, Fosberg, uh, you might want to uh, pick up Devontae Parker for this week. 
Nuggets. What do you have, Tommy? All right, so I got two pickups for this week. One kind of piggybacking a little bit off of the, all the Doug Baldwin talk was is uh, David Moore, the other uh, receiver after Tyler Lockett. Free Nuggets. He finished last week with 19 fantasy points. He had four targets for four receptions uh, for 97 yards and a touchdown. I, I really liked what I saw from him. I mean, besides the the stat line, uh, I think he looked really good. He looked like a really good receiver. Um, you know, he even could be replacing Doug Baldwin as in the role of the number one receiver and Tyler Lockett still kind of roaming the, the slot. Um, so, yeah, again, with bye weeks and players looking to pick up, I, I think with a good matchup, uh, David Moore is a pretty interesting pickup. Um, the other guy I have is Hayden Hurst, the uh, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he was their, uh, I think, their first round draft pick this year. Uh, had a good, pretty decent game this week. Actually, a really good game for a tight end this week, this past week with uh, 10 fantasy points. Um, only two receptions off of three targets uh, and for 29 yards, but he did have the touchdown. So, you know, normally that's not a guy that's like you know, a great stat line for someone to pick up, but with how slim the tight end position is this year, um, may want to keep, you know, consider Hayden Hurst. Free nuggets. All right, guys, those are good free nuggets for everyone out there. Uh, now it's time to move on and uh, let's hang out with our favorite commish, Tommy Moe. The commissioner's corner. Okay, so because it's Halloween, this week's game is inspired by Halloween and called Ghosts or Zombies. So I'll present some players that halfway through the season are essentially dead or have been essentially dead but are still floating around. Some haunting fantasy owners still as ghosts that will never return to life and their unfinished business is being a fantasy dead in 2018. Or are they, are they zombies that will return back to life and have a resurgence in the second half of the season? That makes sense. You're good to go, baby. Right on. All right. So first one already kind of talked about him, but let's kick it off with Sammy Watkins. Is he a ghost or is he a zombie? I'll start it off. I think he's a zombie. Um, and the main reason being that he's on a very productive offense. Um, I know he's got a lot of uh, people to compete with for targets with Hill and, and Kelsey and Hunt. But, man, I, I'd take any player right now in the Kansas City Chiefs offense. They're just humming right now. And I really don't see them stopping anytime soon. So I definitely think he's a zombie. Yeah, I'd agree to answer your question simply. He's a zombie. But I would put him more as a werewolf. And the sense is he's only going to show up maybe two, three games this year, but he's going to show up big. And I think next game he will because I believe Hill has a groin injury. I know he said he's good to go, but he's a fast guy. So I think to answer your question, simply zombie, but borderline werewolf in this one. I didn't know we could add like a (laughs) game or what the hell is that, man? (laughs) I mean, I like it. Yeah, it's definitely uh, stay within the limits of the game, Dominic, but but I like the addition because it definitely made sense, you know. So the, so the next one on the list is Russell Wilson. Uh, we talked about him last week and a little bit this week so far. Uh, Dominic, ghost or zombie? If he doesn't finish the season so strong the last two, three years, I would say ghost, but I, I'm hoping zombie. Uh, obviously, what all we talked about, so another zombie for me. I think he's a ghost, and I just don't see the volume uh, needed for him to you know, be even a top 12 quarterback. You know, I think he's going to probably finish maybe 14, 15. I mean, even last week, he still only had like one rush for like 14 yards. And again, I will repeat it over and over. What made Russell Wilson elite was his ability to run the ball and to score rushing touchdowns. And um, that's what makes Cam Newton, uh, um, you know, elite. So for with when you take that away from him, 
I just think he's an okay quarterback. You know, like I said, between top, ele- top uh, 11 to 15 quarterback. So, uh, goes for me. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one, Steve. I mean, he did have a good week last week. And overall, you know, the team might be trending up a little bit. But I think overall, offensively, they're, they're struggling. So, yeah. So, definitely goes for me. The next one. Uh, as a guy I had a lot of hope for coming into the season and, and definitely was disappointing, at least to the point where I, I needed to trade him. Uh, and that's Alex Collins for the Baltimore Ravens. Ghost or zombie? I think he's a ghost, man, especially with now uh, Ty Montgomery coming in and getting traded over. Um, now he's competing with uh, Buck Allen, uh, Ty Montgomery. And, um, and like I said, when Kenneth Dixon possibly comes back, that's going to be a very crowded backfield. It's going to be really hard to predict who's going to be getting the ball. So I don't think you can comfortably start him unless you're kind of desperate or in like a really deep, uh, you know, maybe 16 team league or something like that. But other than that, I think he's a ghost, especially in our league. Yeah, I agree. Ghost 100%. Throw in Lamar Jackson is there in a wildcat, you know, dive formation. So that's even more crowded. Yeah, I do. I do like his, uh, I do like his river dances. You know, it's interesting too to say ghost. And, and I think Ty Montgomery coming over is definitely going to affect that. But. I mean, he has had some double-digit games recently, and uh, he did have a touchdown last week. So Yeah, but he's like touchdown-dependent, I think. That's what it is. I mean, you're just kind of hoping he falls in the end zone, and that's going to make a decent week for him. I can't, you know, maybe, I guess he has somewhat of a low, uh, high floor, but, you know, like I said, with Ty Montgomery coming over, I don't think so. Okay, right on. Let's, uh, let's move on to the tight end position. Jimmy Graham, ghost or zombie? I th- definitely think he's a zombie. I think he's catching some touchdown passes now. Aaron Rodgers starting to trust him more. And the guy's too too nice in the red zone not to produce. So definitely zombie for me. I think he's a ghost, man. I think he doesn't provide you anything between the uh, both 20-yard lines, you know, and those 80 yards. Um, yeah, he is a red zone threat. Uh, but even then, I mean, you know, maybe was he getting three or four targets? You know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers necessarily has very good chemistry with him. And he really hasn't used tight ends that much. Um, so I think he's a ghost, man. I think he's going to be, uh, like most tight ends, though, a hundred percent touchdown dependent. Um, but he's definitely, you know, I think bottom tier of, uh, tight ends. Well, I just think overall too, he was supposed to be a red zone target, supposed to be a touchdown monster. I mean, he only has one touchdown on the season and yeah, Steve, you're right. I'm kind of looking through the stats and kind of averaging four to five targets a game. And, and even last game, I mean, you know, gets a possible shootout with the Rams. He only had one catch for 21 yards. So. Yeah, that's a big catch, but um, so I'm going ghost on that one too. So next one, keeping it with the Packers, we're going to go to Aaron Jones, ghost or zombie. I definitely think he's a zombie. I think with the, uh, again, going back to the Ty Montgomery trade, he is going to get uh, a lot more carries now. Um, I think like everyone's been saying on Twitter, uh, hashtag free Aaron Jones. Um, I think people just want to see him get the ball. I mean, he's obviously the most dynamic uh, running back they have. And I think now he's going to be the clear cut number one. So uh, good job, Tommy, stashing him on your league, man. Yeah, I'm going to say ghost uh, just for the fact that what we talked about earlier, Tommy, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy don't like to th- run the ball. They want to throw the ball 50 times a game. We all see that he's a legit running back. And on any other team, I think he'd be producing greatly. I mean, he, I think he has the second highest yards per carry or something like that. But he only gets the ball. He only gets the ball 15 times a game. How do you not keep feeding that guy? The Packers just fall in love with the pass and they, they don't want to run the ball. And that's why I have him as a ghost, but definitely potential to be a zombie. Hey, Dom, you don't see him getting the ball more now, uh, in like receiving, you know, cause Ty Montgomery was, I think I heard that he was doing 30% of the snap count. 
So now he's gone, obviously. So, you know, he's going to get that between uh, – that's going to get split up between uh, Jamal Williams and, uh, Williams and Aaron Jones. So I think his productivity in the passing game might go up, um, which might help him uh, be a better fantasy football player. Yeah, I agree with that. I just I just think he's a, a more pure runner, and I think they're going to use uh, the other guy to, uh, as a third down back. So what do you think, Tommy? Well, there's this rumor going around all season that he's not a good pass blocker. And, and I've said it before on, a, on another show where I just, I don't see it. You know, when he's in the game, he's, he's a full, he's a complete running back. I mean, Matthew Barry before the season kept talking about him as his, as the next Camara, you know, Camara 2.0 for 2018. And, and I think, you know, the, in the runs we've seen, especially the one, the touchdown run last week, he's got, he's explosive. He's big. He's fast, but. I, I see what you're talking about, Dominic, where we're just the scheme or um, the style of play that the Packers have been, have been playing since Brett Favre's been there is, is pass first and run second. And, but, you know, in this day and age, in this game, you, you got to be balanced at least to run the ball to open up the pass or vice versa. You know, you can't just rely on, on being one dimensional. So the, the last one I might got on my list, again, already mentioned earlier on this podcast, but is Devontae Parker, someone that, was talked about last week and had a really good game. So uh, we're going to see this continue for the rest of the season, or is he just going to go back to being a ghost? And Adam Gase realized, what the hell am I doing giving him the ball? Uh, let's not do that. So ghost or zombie? I'm going to say ghost on that just for the fact that we haven't seen it from him before. I mean, he came into the league injured. He's been injured quite a bit. He's never really put uh, back-to-back good performances before. Um, I did have him on the waiver wire, someone to pick up. Um, so I do believe he is trending up, but until I see it back to back week and a little bit more consistency, um, I definitely, I'm going to have to go ghost on him. Yeah. I think the question for me is, does he produce more with Tannehill coming back or less? Does he have less of a chemistry than he does with Brock Osweiler? And so I'm going to go ghost on this one as well, but he definitely is trending, trending up. He's got all the tools. But that's that's the key factor to me. Uh, what do you think, Tommy? You know, I I want to like Devonte Parker uh, for his skill set. I just I don't know. I, he hasn't shown it in a whole season. He um. So I, I'd be surprised. You I mean, well, I guess you know, what I want to say is that if he does it again this week, then I'm gonna say zombie. But I have a pretty good feeling he's gonna go back to being fantasy irrelevant again. You have to. Th- I know they brought Amendola in, but you have to think the Dolphins knew something or ha- or were high on him. To let Landry slip away and not, you know, not pay him True. because he's a great, great receiver. You don't let talent go like that unless you have, you know, a good backup plan. Yeah, unless you're the Raiders with Khalil Mack. <laughs> Tank for on Tua. That, on, on that note. <laughs> Tank for Tua. All right, guys, let's get into some Super Friends League talk. The Super Friends League. All right, guys, let's do a quick rundown of the uh, games last week. Watson Mackinac my girly defeated Mexicans in a uh, drumming of 163 to 87. Uh, Brady's Bound Boys uh, won 165 uh, to 108 against the Expendables. Mm-hmm. Arm Rodgery defeated Stand Up Colin 176 to 168 in a big uh, scoring game. Uh, Time to Eat defeated Noble Savages 160 to 128. And Jeeba Strikes Back defeated The Godfather 150 to 120. All right, Tommy, game of the week. All right, guys, your week eight game of the week goes to Armed Rogery for his 176 to 168 win over Stand Up Colin, which 
actually got pretty close on Monday Night Football with uh, with Goskowski having being the lone player left on Sandup Collins' team, but Aaron uh, Aaron Fosberg's team and, and the Aaron battle had a really good game, especially for Marlon Mack and, and Joe Mixon. I think uh, those two players definitely showed up at the right time to to get this win and, and keep Sandup Collins and and the winless column. So, you know, just keep hanging in there, Aaron. We, we, Rapoli, we, we see you trying. And, um, but, you know, hopefully your day will come soon. Hopefully when you're not playing one of us three. Um, but yeah, uh, to Fosberg, um, good win, good win this week. I know we give you a lot of shit, but that's what you get for being the champion from last year. You're, the target's on your back. So we're always going to go hard against you. But yeah, your team showed up this week and, um, Tough loss with Will Fuller. Hopefully you find a replacement and hopefully find some players to play this week with all your buys you got on your roster. Yeah, just I'm going to give my quick observation before Dominic says it. Um, I got smoked last week, so it was prove it week. And Dominic definitely proved that his team right now is number one. Um, so good job, Dominic, man, on the uh, host bowl. Um, I think I'd just like to get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you guys my strategy. Be lucky enough to have the first pick and just ride Todd Gurley the entire way because that's all I'm really doing. Uh, no, I wanted to talk about, you You know, Rapoli said to himself, if I played anyone else this week, I would have got my first win. And that goes back to our luck versus skill type thing. And it, it was purely unlucky that he had to go against Fosberg and Fosberg went off this week. I feel real bad for Aaron. He, like Tommy said, he's making great moves. And his team produced better than all our teams, and he still got the loss. So it, it was a tough week for him. Hey, Steve, uh, what did Rapoli walk into this week? A buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for Rapoli, but uh, another uh, big win was the uh, uh, time to eat beating Noble Savages, man. Noble Savages' team uh, kind of had a bad week, too. Obviously, not as bad as my week, but. Uh, you know, I was kind of shocked that um, Vince was only able to score 128 points. You know, that was pretty uh, pretty shocking, to be honest with you, man. I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. I, I respect Vince for going with his his strategy and his beliefs, but if you have Mahomes, I don't. I, I yeah. personally am playing him every week. He played Kirk Cousins instead of Mahomes, and I think Mahomes only ended up with maybe eight, nine more points in him, so it wasn't that big of a spread. But I just, I just can't. Even if you know Mahomes is playing the number one defense, I'm still playing him just because of what he's done for the rest of yeah, the year. He's the number one player in fantasy. I mean, you got to play the number one player in fantasy every week. Doesn't matter matchup or anything. You just got to play him, Vince. Come on, Vince, man. You you're better play than him. Free nuggets. Vince, you got to <laughs> play him. But you know what though, with Tyreek Hill, like this is what I was talking about the other week. Steve is is he's kind of boomer bust, you know, like he's been having, he's been stringing a couple of weeks together where it's been really good, but then he has weeks like this and this isn't, isn't his first time that he's got only 10 points uh, or less on the season. So Vince, I'm kind of mad that, you know, you're making me look bad. I'm, I'm, I'm vouching for you on this podcast. I'm like putting it out on the line and, and this is what happens. So a little have to reconsider my pick this week. Hey, Dominic, why don't you give us a quick uh, rundown of the league standings? Yeah, so as you mentioned before, I finally got on top. I'm seven and one, one victory away from hopefully getting the sixth playoff spot. So I'm really excited about that. Then you and John are both six and two, but you have almost uh, 130 points more than John. Then Vince, with the most points scored at 1,263, is in fourth place at five and three. Then Matt's at five and three as well. Then we have three guys at three and five. Tommy's at the top in sixth place in the final playoff spot. Then we have Aaron Fosberg. Then Art, 
then Jeff at two and six, and uh, Aaron Rapoli we talked about zero and eight. Yeah, it's kind of like we talked about uh, the last couple of weeks, man. It's just kind of starting to even out. Uh, tables are kind of changing, and that sixth spot um, that's totally up for grabs right now between those three teams. And uh, even the fifth spot, really. I mean, Tommy, you're coming on pretty strong right now with your team. Uh, Matt's playing well as well. Um, so this week's going to be a pretty uh, important week. There's a lot of teams on buys. We mentioned it earlier, six teams. So any uh, nuggets for uh, any of the teams out there? Uh, as you mentioned, Steve, I'm one's playing four, so I'm playing Vince. Your pl- two's playing three, so you're playing John. And then kind of seven and eight are playing each other, but Tommy's playing the ninth place. And... Matt's playing the 10th place, so definitely going to be those guys moving up and then some of the guys in the the top falling back. That's another big week, and it's going to keep getting tighter and tighter uh, as the weeks go on and and getting to those playoff dates. So um, it's going to be another exciting week, man. Um, I'd say uh, a person I have some advice for this week is uh, Arm Rodri, man. I don't know how you plan your team, but how you have everybody on your bench on a bye this week is incredible. And I think there's somebody... Well, you obviously drop Will Fuller, and you also have Joe Mixon on a buy that's in your lineup right now. So, obviously... Um, and Marlon uh, Mack. Oh, and Marlon Mack. My God. So, Fosberg's going to be dropping some guys. So, free nuggets, guys. Uh, watch the waiver wire. Uh, vultures. <laughs> we're going to vulture some of Fosberg's <laughs> players. Hey, Dominic, quick question. What do you think? Should uh, Fosberg uh, just take the loss or drop some players? Oh, that's a good question. I think he needs to trade Bell. I've said it a thousand times already, so I feel sick about saying it. I think we've all prodded him this week, and he doesn't seem to want to pull the trigger. So I'm, if I had to guess, make a move with John. Uh, John's got that quarterback. That's my free nugget. I've been harping on it for two weeks now. But, John, you can't play Luck and Cam Newton. I think you're going to roll with Cam Newton. So trade him Luck. Maybe get Bell for it. Free nuggets. Well, that's a good one. You know, not necessarily a free nugget, but more just a reminder to the league. We still have, even though the trade deadline for the NFL was this week, we still have a few more weeks to our fantasy trade deadline, um, which is mid-November. So we still have a few more weeks to make some trades. And at least now we know where, you know, everything's shaking out in the NFL, where, te- you know, players are going to be for the rest of the season, except for Le'Veon Bell. We'll figure out that later. And don't worry, if any, if I've learned anything from this year, Tommy will extend the trade deadline and push a trade through if we need to. Yeah, don't worry, only I got it, you. Only if it benefits him. <laughs> I mean... No, he did it for me kinda. twice. <laughs> it's just the stupid semantics of the Yahoo rules. Yeah, and Dominic keeps paying people out, so... I got another free nugget for uh, Art, man. He's got a lot of good uh, receivers. Might be time to trade one of those guys uh, for a running back. Free. Uh, Chris Thompson still has that rib injury. Apparently, it's reported that he's not feeling 100% still. So that's also affecting how AP is playing and the production he's getting. So maybe it's time to uh, see if you can trade one of those receivers for a, a, a decent RB2 at least. All right, guys, let's make it hot in here with some blazing predictions. Blazing predictions. All right, guys, a quick recap of the pick'em from week eight. Last week, Tommy was in the lead with four. I had three correct, and Dominic only had two. So for the uh, season, um, Tommy is leading 23, and Dominic and myself are tied at 22 correct. All right, guys, so let's start with some big matchups this week. Uh, really excited. Um, let's start first with the Expendables versus Arm Rodri. So this is seven versus eight, so obviously a really big game. It's uh, one of the teams, uh, the two teams that we discussed that are tied at three and five, really fighting for that sixth playoff spot. Um, so Tommy, start us off. Looking at who 
art, the expendables is going to eventually put in his team. I'm assuming, uh, and set his lineup. I'm, I'm going to go with the expendables this week just because, um, I think Aaron Rodgers and Tariq Cohen and, and Chris Carson that, that expendables has. Oh, and also Julio Jones coming back from his buy. You know, they're going to, they're going to put good enough numbers to, to beat a team that has only four starters right now, five starters. So yeah, expendables all the way. Yeah, I'm in a hundred percent agreement. The only two players that I would trust on Fosford's team are McCaffrey and, and Cook against San Francisco. And then everyone else is on a buy or I wouldn't trust. So if anyone deserves to lose this week, it's, it's Aaron for being on just a crappy buy schedule. Yeah, man, I got to go with uh, the expendables too. I, I like when I, when Tom, you guys were talking about it earlier today, I couldn't, uh, I didn't even comprehend what you guys were talking about. And I saw a team, I don't, know what he can do really unless he drops like i said four or five players and there are some players that he can drop and pick up some waiver wire pickups but i mean there's really not much out there either so i think expendables wins this week uh pretty easily unless uh arm roger gets lucky and one of you know maybe two or three of his guys go off or something but i'll take the expendables this week steve you asked me if he should just take the loss this week and if he yeah. had your my record, I would say that's a possibility. But right. he's fine. He's fine for that sixth spot. So he's got to do something. He can't yeah, afford another loss. That's a great point, man. I mean, any uh, any team on the bottom half of the league right now can't afford a single loss. I mean, like we talked about before, you need to get to eight. So you know, you guys on top are definitely a lot closer. So whatever you got to do to get there, make it happen. Yeah, the margin of error is definitely a little bit, uh, obviously, a little smaller now. All right, next game we have is stand-up Colin versus time to eat, five versus ten. Um, right now, uh, stand-up Colin is projected at 141 um, to time to eat at 128. So, Dominic, start us, off, start us off on this one. Yeah, I think time to eat's probing to trade for another running back, and so he doesn't have uh, you know that spot filled because TJ Yeldon's on a bye, and then he has the other two Jag running backs. Uh, so it's going to be tougher to pick, but uh, – I'm going to go with time to eat just because he's, he's been doing great the last, you know, couple of weeks. And then uh, Aaron Rapoli has done great, but he just seemed unlucky. So I'm just going with the luck factor on this one and the momentum. I'm going with time to eat. Tommy. My pick this week is stand up calling. I, I think, um, the only, the only free nugget I have for him is, is he's still been struggling at the tight end position. I think if it just switches them out for, Maybe Hayden Hurst, you know, another option out there. I think he can do it this week. I think this is the week that he gets to open up the Bud Light beer fridge and, and have a nice cold drink because yeah, even though time to eat's team has been really good lately. Um, I think stand up Colin has some really good matchups and also I'm just looking at the projected point total and he's winning. So hopefully that happens for him. Yeah, I'm going with uh, stand-up Colin as well. I think I like the matchups a lot, um, although like uh, Dominic was saying, uh, Matt's team has been playing really well, but I think he's due for a low week. Um, some of the matchups are, aren't as great. He's got a lot of Chiefs on there, which is always good, but I'm really liking the um, Jared Goff against the Saints, Kenyon Drake against the Jets. Uh, he's been coming on of late, of late and also Philip Lindsay against the Texans. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go and uh, say uh, Aaron gets his first win this week. You know who else I don't like on, on Matt's team this week is Matt Ryan. And only because of the matchup against Washington. And yeah. we talked about last week, you know, like Dominic said, Washington is sneaky good. Their defense, um, yep. I had to pick them up this week and they were great for me, but I think their secondary is really strong and I think they could shut them down. And they, yeah, I, I agree. Too. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. They got ha ha. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's over for Matt Ryan. Yeah, so he may want to. That's a free nugget there, Matt. You might want to maybe sneak in Philip Rivers on there. Free nuggets. All right, guys. Next matchup, it's Watson Mackinac, my girly versus Noble Savages. A big game again for Dominic. Uh, one versus four. Right now, Dominic is projected to win, but Vince still needs to set his team. Um, there are a couple players that he has on buys. Uh, Tommy, start us off this week. Well, because he burned me last week, I'm going to go with <laughs> Watson's making on my girly. Even though I've, I've been giving Vince love all year, uh, I think Todd Gurley has a really good game against New Orleans. Same with Latavius Murray against Detroit. Really good matchups. You know, I think Deshaun Watson's starting to figure it out, and, and, and Mike Evans is starting to play like, you know, the true number one receiver that he is. You know, and, and Vince's team, you know, I think, uh, Starting Patrick Mahomes, like we talked about, is really good. But I think Tyreek Hill has a bad game with uh, with that tweak groin and Kamara splits too much time with Ingram against the Rams that he's he's really effective, even though it, it's a good matchup uh, for his style of play. Yeah, man, I'm taking uh, Watson, Mack, and my girly as well, uh, just because Dominic says every week I pick him, he loses. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> but um, I do like his matchups. I'm not going to lie. I like uh, Sean Watson against Denver. I like uh, Mike Evans versus Carolina. Juju has a hard game against Baltimore. Gurley, we know what he can do. Uh, Latavius Murray, that's been a great pickup for him. Um, he's had two really good weeks, um, and he, I think he continue against a really bad Detroit run defense. Um, and then looking at Vince's team, um, Tommy mentioned it, Tyreek Hill with the groin injury may not be able to play as well. Um, and then Alvin, uh, Alvin Kamara, um, you know, I think they're projecting that many points because they're thinking it may go into a shootout, but I mean, it could easily well be a defensive battle with uh, the Rams defense and the Saints defense playing uh, pretty well. So I am going with Dominic this week. Also with Vince starting Ben Watson, I'm a little worried about that. And I know Ertz is on a bye, so that's what he's going with. But Ben Watson hasn't been super productive, so hopefully he gets a touchdown and, and that helps him out. Yeah. Also, um, also sneaky start by uh, Dominic to start Dallas this week against Tennessee. He thinks he's really good at fantasy now or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I had to up my game because you guys were picking up all these defenses that were going against crappy offenses and I couldn't get the one going against Buffalo. So Dallas was my next choice against Tennessee. And plus I like those Monday night football games. I'm going to pick myself just because I don't like, I don't like Vince's matchups. Um, and I do like my matchups as you guys mentioned, but I'm still questionable about my, my slot. Uh, I might not play Doug Baldwin. I might give him a week, bench him, you know, let him learn his lesson, maybe produce on my bench and then uh, he can come back and play for me. I mean, we like to call it a flex position, but slot's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. Next game is uh, Brady's Brown Boys versus the Godfather. Um, this one is pretty important as well. It's six versus nine. Jeff's having a rough year this uh, this year, but you know he's uh, projected right now one twenty three to one fifty five. So uh, Dominic, start us off. I'm definitely going with Tommy on this one. I don't know. Well, I mean, I do know because we talk every week, but Tommy's team has gotten to be, I mean, it's always been projected to be really high, but it's the best team out there. He's got solid running backs with his trades and getting Adrian Peterson and Connor. And then even his bench is looking great with Jones, as we talked about, John Brown, and now he's got Fitzmagic back. I, I don't know what he's doing with Hogan, maybe uh, just trying to pick him up and then drop him later. But I don't trust Lamar Miller and I don't trust... Well, David Johnson's on the bench this week because he's got a buy, but I don't trust either of those guys. So I'm definitely uh, picking Tommy in this one. Steve? Yeah, I got Tommy as well in this one. I think it's going to be a, a landslide. You know, Tommy did a great job with his trades, uh, getting Connor and then James White 
um, by default with uh, Shoney Michelle uh, getting injured, became an RB1. Um, so now he's got basically two wide receiver ones in Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown, and then two RB1s with James Conner and James White. So the team's really balanced and pretty scary. So I'm glad I'm not playing him this week. Sorry, Jeff, man. Looks like you're going to take another loss. He's going to walk into another buzzsaw. <laughs> um, thanks, guys. I, I really appreciate the uh, the votes of confidence, and I hope uh, I hope it works out for me. I'm, I'm also going to pick myself. The last time I looked at my my projected points, it was like 149. So to see it five more points higher, I'm pretty excited about that. But yeah, I, I like the matchups this week. Uh, the only one I'm a little bit worried about is Pittsburgh versus Baltimore, just because Baltimore has been such a good uh, defense uh, in real life, uh, especially more than fantasy. And then, yeah, the Hogan thing is just some psychological warfare that I'm playing on the side. So, um, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks Steve for, for picking up who you picked up today. Cause I might get, yeah. that. I might vulture your drop. <laughs> I also nice. think Tommy that you're in that situation with your tight end where you're like, who should I play every week? And that's, that's your, I guess your one Achilles heel yeah. is you're, you're making the decision on Rudolph or Njoku. Njoku obviously zero production last week, but. His targets have been un- unreal. And then Rudolph is kind of a touchdown, touchdown bus guy. He's got Thielen and, and Diggs taking up all those catches. Yeah. And Rudolph had a good week last week, but some of it was just kind of in garbage time and when they're trying to, trying to get some extra points down the field. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I thought Ninjoku was going to be the guy and, and also, you know, Rudolph was a steady start every week, but yeah, that's definitely one spot. I'm kind of, you know, wishing I had someone like Jared Cook or something that I could put in there. All right, guys, last game of the uh, week is two versus three. So another big game for myself, uh, Mexicans versus Jeeba strikes back. Um, right now we're projected at 137 to 134, so a real close game. Dominic, start us off. Yeah, originally I wanted to pick you, Steve, because uh, I don't think you're going to lose three games in a row, but you're starting two Cleveland guys. I know you're hoping it's a it's a uh, shootout with Kansas City, but – the defensive coordinator's taken over as the head coach, so I think he's going to be more defensive focus. I think he's going to try to scheme some things and maybe let up on, on the offense. I think the quarterback coach got promoted to the offensive coordinator, so having Landry and Chubb both start kind of scares me, but I know you have to because uh, Shaquan's on a bye. You've had a tough three weeks of buys for your top three running backs, and then I like John's matchups on the other side, uh, except for I wouldn't start Demarius Thomas. You just got to see what he's going to do the first week, but I like D-Hop against Denver, and I like Phelan at Detroit, even Jalen Richard at San Francisco. His running backs are a little suspect, but uh, it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be game of the week, but I got John in this one. Yeah, I'm not too confident about Jalen Richard also this week. Um, you mean Richard? <laughs> oh, Richard. <laughs> That's how you spell and, Richard. And, and I've... Uh, I guess I'm a, I don't know. I mean, we talked about Alex Collins earlier and, and I think, I don't know, cause I traded Alex Collins to John. I'm like, man, you should start that guy. Um, but you know, I, I think, uh, that's definitely a weak spot on John's team, uh, is his running backs. And then, um, Steve, any word on Gordon, um, Melvin Gordon coming back from injury? You know, I've kind of been looking up, um, some articles about it, but since the injury report, I think is due tomorrow, I think that's where we're going to know how the hamstrings, hamstrings going. Um, you know, I, I kind of like, I guess, that they sat him a couple weeks ago to uh, for preventative measures. So, um, but as of right now, I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. So this matchup is just really top heavy with with the quarterbacks and the receivers. You know, being the strengths of both teams right now, especially this week with bye weeks. But uh, you know, if, if Gordon plays, I think that's the that's the X factor in this game, and and Mexicans wins it. So I'm gonna go Mexicans. 
Yeah, I'm going to pick myself as well, although, uh, which is shocking, but, uh, you know, I do like, like Dominic was saying, John's matchups are pretty nice, but um, I'm really hoping that his running backs uh, have pedestrian days and, you know, I just have some of my players uh, um, start scoring a little bit more. Obviously, last week, 87 points is definitely not going to cut it, so I'm hoping that that was just uh, an outlier. I've had a pretty good year, so hopefully these guys start producing more. Dominic, I did take into account starting two Browns, and I thought about that last week when I did it, and then this week again too. But man, with these buys, you know, it's kind of just it's hard to uh, sometimes you know do what you want to do with the team. Definitely, and I already know the answer. But if you could do me a favor and move Chubb to your flex <laughs> and Ingram to your running back, I just feel like that was the proper way to set your lineup. But I know you're going to say F you, F you, Dom. And well, tell me what to do, Dominic. Uh, proper, <laughs> it's proper. Oh, anyway. Slot. All right. All right, guys, that does it for today's show. Um, if you like what you're listening to, please rate us and review the show on iTunes. And you can follow us on SoundCloud as well. And as always, please leave any comments or questions in our Yahoo Fantasy app. Or you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FB Savant 7075. And I'm at TMO52 underscore. And I'm at Yeast Mode 24. All right, guys, good luck this week. Spooky.
is only a vision, a dream. Nothing exists save empty space.